This is Hallway Digressions, laughs, rants, and musings on life and culture from the Lakewood Park Bible Department. And welcome everybody to another episode of Hallway Digressions, laughs, rants, musings from your Lakewood Park Bible Department. Uh, fellas, it's uh, been a couple weeks. We've gone on spring break and certainly had fresh wind put in our sails. No question about it. We've come back. And uh, in just one week, all that wind was taken out again. So let me ask you how you fellas are doing today. <laughs> well, I mean, we're we're down a member. So we I are. think that tells you something. That <laughs> yes, yes, yes. A moment of silence for, for slow for here. And we're back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just a quick moment. Yeah, just a quick. <laughs> so, yes, the length of the moment is how much your value value. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid, Slofer. Uh, you slow. may, you might be the only one who listens to this. So, yeah. <laughs> and chuckles at our jokes. So uh, <laughs> certainly, while eating a nice bowl of uh, cereal and probably in the wee hours of the night. Uh, listening to it while he um, uncovers some hidden tombs and jewels and gems and uh, whatever video games the latest hit with him right now. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, you're um, you're working out of your secondary office here, and by that I mean uh, you're on a phone, um, yeah, rather than a computer. Uh, can you can you give us a glimpse into what's going on there while you're using some alternative technology? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh... Thankfully, the teachers are receiving new uh, MacBook computers. So yeah, praise hands again for is, that. Yeah, that is wonderful. Wonderful, yeah, wonderful uh -huh. blessing. Which uh, which I'm finding out how much that is uh, needed because uh, I have one of the old uh, MacBooks that uh, I have borrowed for school, and I can't believe people actually use these. They are so slow. They. They are phenomenally old. Wow. Do you wow. know, uh, if you could roughly approximate when your computer uh, was, uh, was crafted, what would be your guess? Would you say 10 years? Eight? Ooh, yeah, I'd probably, probably, because I don't, I didn't have a MacBook when I started at Lakewood, but it was shortly after. Okay. I'd say they're probably 10 years old. Wow. Yeah. I believe I believe that we got the, the 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 Lakewood was technologized the way that it was when I was in sixth grade. So okay. me okay. being 12 in sixth grade and me being 23 now, okay. that puts us somewhere in the range of 10 to 11 years ago. Okay. Right. Well, there right. you have it, folks. Now um so, I do have go on, yeah, please. Oh. I was just going to say that originally, uh, so Mr. Johnson, not mm. not you, for example, uh, before former technology director, did, did me a solid yeah. when he was working on my MacBook because he put an SSD drive in there. Oh. And my computer was blazing fast. Sure. So I had no desire to give up my perfectly functioning macbook yeah for a new one right until i hit restart 
and my computer <laughs> would not restart. <laughs> <laughs> it just decided to kick the bucket. So I don't know yeah. what happened. Now I'm getting a new MacBook uh, because mine, despite all technological, uh, you know, uh, interventions, uh, has not uh, been able to uh, restart. So, yeah, there you go. That yeah. is why I am using uh, my phone. Yeah. Now there's there's two angles that we can look at this. Number one, that we've just been behind the ball and out of date on our technology. Well, that'd be the negative angle. <laughs> positive angle here that I think is probably a little bit closer to uh, the heartbeat of our technology rollout is um, is that we just don't want to be enslaved to technology, you know, and mm. uh, we want to uh, we, we want to minimize technology's role so that we can emphasize the connectivity of human beings and being in proximity to one another and um, using things like the old pen and pad, which uh, scientifically is proven to be a better way to uh, retain retain information and so I, I think really um, I think really we've had the best in in mind for our students and our staff <laughs> right. I almost right. got through That's... it with a straight face <laughs> Give them bad equipment so yeah. that they use better methods <laughs> bad equipment to use yeah. for better methods yes yes that'll preach as they say yeah. <laughs> well oh. fellas fellas um here we are and uh uh, we've we've got some we've got some work to do today, and we started a a little mini series or maybe extended series I don't know a to be determined series really I guess, um, uh, with regards to um, taking some popular film movies, uh, watching it viewing it with a Christian lens and saying what was beautiful, what was good, what was praiseworthy, what's worth um, taking, and what's worth uh, leaving in the process. And we began that series a couple weeks ago with We Were Soldiers. Um, another uh, repeat shout out, Ryan, Ryan Amaro, on that one for giving that recommendation. And we're here for uh, our second movie. And uh, boy, we're just diving on in here because we're just all business these days. Um, uh, time is money, I suppose. And, uh, and, and so our second movie that we're going to be checking out here is, is the movie Dune. Now, Nick, you recommended it, right? You were the one that, that supplied well, that while you were on was, a bus ride it, with a bunch of kids. It, it was the most recent movie I'd watched. So, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any, any knowledge of the movie prior to viewing it? Uh, I have seen the uh, original movie uh, that came out, oh, I don't know, I believe 84? in the 80s. Yeah. In the 80s, yeah, right. So yeah. I have seen that. Do I remember much of it besides Sandworms? No. Mm. Uh, but that, you know, thinking back to my, you know, I guess I would have been uh, junior high years. That's probably all I can expect to remember. So, sure, sure. yeah. 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 Now, when you watched this movie, um, what about it made you say this is worth hallway digression prime time? <laughs> um, uh, that it was a movie I had seen. Because okay. uh, so you weren't going to have to rewatch and make time. For right. It. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. There you go. Yeah, it was the low-hanging fruit, basically. Sure. <laughs> now that's nothing to scoff at because our uh, we're, we're highly in demand around these parts, and so uh, you know, again, we don't have a lot of margin. 
uh, to take on additional work with with all the things we got going on. Well, uh, let me go ahead and, and turn it over to our resident film expert, creative design um, guru. Um, I'm just making up titles here, and they might not be the best titles, but let me turn it over to Mr. Barber. To yeah. give us a little bit of a give us a little bit of a synopsis of this film and uh, some maybe maybe a couple a couple really prevalent themes that are mm-hmm. that you think are worth worth emphasizing. Yeah, so the movie Dune, based off of I believe the 1960s novel by Frank Herbert. Yeah. Um, credit where credits due there. Credit where credits okay. due, Frank Herbert. Uh, it's a it's a a classic of sci-fi literature, um, incredibly influential in the world of just sci-fi fiction. That's redundant. Sci-fi fiction is science fiction fiction. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, it's so it starts so it's oh my my brain's short circuiting a little bit so it's in it's in the far flung distant future space travels everywhere um, humanity is a multi planet species now um, but we've also gone backwards to an imperial feudal system of government mm. so the you know there's some um, emperor that rules the galaxy that rules humanity in the galaxy and there's a expansive uh nobility class that serves under him and directly rules individual planets and worlds so our protagonist um is a member of the noble house atreides um which Just for our tongue there the, yes the noble house atreides for our you know eagle-eyed classics fans atreides lifted from homer's classic the iliad um mm. Coincidentally, though, it's in the far future. His last name is Atreides, but our main character is named Paul. Um, so uh, he is the heir apparent to the Atreides uh, duchy, the Duke Atreides, his father. Um, they are gifted a new world called Arrakis, also known as the planet Dune. Um, it's a desert world, which has a unique resource called spice. Spice gives it like it enhances reaction time so that pilots can fly ships in hyperspace effectively it's an incredibly important resource only on dune immediately it's like why are we getting this planet because it's incredibly valuable you can make a lot of money it used to be in the hands of our rivals the harkonnens um why are we getting our rivals planet there's there's trickery afoot and they go in knowing that. Um, and then we get there and it's revealed that um, Paul is apparently to the local people of Arrakis known as the Fremen. He's apparently some kind of messianic figure um, mm. known as the Lizan Al-Gaib, I believe is what wow. it's called. Well done. Um, That's why you're resident expert. Mm-hmm. I I've read the book, so I've seen I've seen oh. that word so many times. I've heard it so many times. Okay, because um, they say it all the time. Also, there's another group called the Benny Gesserit, which are like weird political space nuns, um, <laughs> who also like have hypnotism powers. Um, it is sounds more. It sounds less engaging than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also a chosen one for them called the Kwisat Haderach. Um, so it's uh, 
his journey of being just a young boy who has the weight of like glorious destiny thrust upon him um but also just being a guy who's like am i do i want this am i ready for this um some major themes uh some strong themes of, of family and legacy um you know between paul and his father the duke atreides um as well as some interesting dynamics that are occurring between him and his mother um definitely a strong theme of, of destiny and fate of what people are fated to do it's also kind of meant to be um a deconstruction to some extent of the kind of typical hero's journey um like paul is the messianic figure but it's implied that it's not some cosmic theological messianic figure but he's been there's been like conniving and politicism to create him into a messianic figure by people mm -hmm. actors in the shadows so there's a lot of like human orchestration like humans making destiny trying to work out destiny themselves through their ability through their power um you know kind of humans acting in the role of god which is you know definitely has some um connections to some characters and actors in the biblical story um of what happens when a person tries to play god um so yeah i mean that's a little synopsis of the movie dune mm. it's very it's incredible production design it like mocked up at the oscars it like it got like best cinematography best special effects best music best you know now i'll say you know. i'm i don't think that i have um the developed eye to really appreciate cinematography that's done like exceptionally you know or, or, or for the nuance of it i should say mm -hmm. I, I, I don't pick up on a lot of the nuance but i could tell watching this one like well done so if i'm yeah. picking up on it it is mm -hmm. exceptional at that point yeah the director Denis villeneuve is one of my favorite directors um yeah. he's done some he's done some really other good things the movie arrival he directed blade runner 2049 mm -hmm. back in 2017 um another movie called prisoners which is a very very good movie Jackman, Paul Dano. Uh, Jack oh Jackman. yeah, that is a good movie. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. So I love, I love this director. I think he's very, very good, and he's been really interesting because he's like, he's kind of been like the high concept sci-fi guy of the past five years. Uh -huh. um, of like, this is a sci-fi movie, but it's not just like, it's not Star Wars. It's not just like blockbuster action. It's mm -hmm. like sci-fi, but also, hey, we're going to talk a little bit about the human condition through this. Yeah, um, I like that. I like so. That. Let me ask you one more question here as it pertains mm -hmm. to probably what the director was aiming at or not aiming at. And then I'm going to turn it over to you, Nick, here. Uh, but, so you, you you let out by saying that this is set very far in the future, mm -hmm. um, involving a lot of space travel and things like that. Yet there's a whole lot of sword fighting. Yes. Do mm -hmm. you think that that was intentional to um, maybe say, even though this is set in the future chronologically there's been a maybe a going backwards as it pertains to human progress do you think there's anything like that there do you think i'm just saying or just swords cool mm -hmm. because they are cool in my um, opinion they're cooler than guns in I in movies i think there is a certain strain of that of like far-flung future humanity and and regression but i think that that might come through more in the fact of like oh, these people aren't living in like some enlightened space republic like in Star Trek. They're living in a feudal system. 
Mm. Um, I feel like it's stronger in that. I think there's an in-universe explanation as to why they use swords. Like it's easier to get through the shielding that they have right. with okay. the types of swords yeah. that they have sure. rather than using like a gun. Yeah. Um, but then they also do have like laser guns. They're just really big and um, hard to hold. Also in the book, they're called, because again, this book was written in like 1960 or like somewhere in the range of 1960 to 1970. They're called Lays Guns like an abbreviation of laser and i just think that's a really bad name but um it's just like it's like it's a lazy boy but it's a gun yeah um that's lazy writing that's what (laughs) frank herbert we're coming for you Um, i'm pretty sure he's dead but yeah oh goodness but yeah i think it's like i think the in-universe explanation is like oh we all have like personal shield devices yeah, but I think right. I think there definitely that is that sense. theme of like humanity has gone backward. Yeah. Okay. Um, Nick, let me turn you over to you. I got a couple questions for you, but I'm going to lead off with this. How cool was Jason Momoa when he closed the big gate door behind him and he took on? Um, I'm sure you have the title of the people there, Jed, but I'm going to call them the Space Ninja Assassins that came for the <laughs> call. Um, how cool was that scene? Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome to to put his life, basically to sacrifice his life. Yeah, right to protect uh, Paul, which uh, you know, uh, you know, there speaks of definitely that sacrificial love aspect, you yeah. know, that is prevalent there, uh, you know, in, in the movie. So uh, yeah, mm. that was that was amazing. Yeah, and they're uh, the 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 space ninja assassins. They're called the Sardaukar. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Sardaukar, uh, probably mm-hmm. some kind of acronym for space ninja, something or other. I don't know. Probably, and they got that <laughs> the space assassins. Like that. Yeah. yeah, they got that name like that. You know, all these arcane sounding words, and then you got Jason Momoa's character just coming out being like, "Hello, my name is Duncan Idaho." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was unusual when I thought I was mishearing it when I watched. Did, nope. we, did they really say Duncan? <laughs> Duncan, D U N C A N, Idaho, like the state. <laughs> now, do you think that that was the director? Like, did he come from Idaho? Is this his way of just like giving a shout out to his back home Idaho people? So I, again, I I have no idea because again, this his name <laughs> in the original book in 1960 was named he was Duncan Idaho. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when actually was this book published? But like, this is this is this adaptation is incredibly faithful to its source material. And in that book, he was named Duncan Idaho. All right. Well, there you have it. I I, I loved it. Um, for the same reasons, uh, there, Nick. Uh, the the sacrificial love, also the deep loyalty and allegiance. Um because he, at that point he had taken over as duke and you know he had there's the scene right before when he finds him and he bows and you know kind of gives his allegiance there um and and to i think what i love is uh he's he's got an allegiance to a cause far greater than himself he's got an allegiance to someone uh who in his estimation is greater than himself and worth dying for and uh i think that's a a, a terrific scene of, of nobility in there not to mention it was super cool because he took them all down almost died got back up and did wreak some more havoc and i, I love the yeah. second effort there great second effort um so uh let me let me let me ask you this nick 
So you just watched it recently. Um, what what elements of the film of the storyline popped out to you as uh, worthy of note, good or bad? Yeah, I, I there's quite a quite a few. I think you really resonate with Paul and admire him. I think they've done a good job so far. I mean, this is part one of two, right? With the, uh, there's a second movie coming out. So I think they've done a good job of, of kind of making Paul, even though he's like, you know, the, the heir and he has every right to rule this planet, you know, with an iron fist, that is not his way. You know, he wants to, to know and understand the indigenous people and he is respected by them because, you know, he abides by, by their ways. I mean, that's how the, the movie, the first movie ends with him, you know, gaining that, that respect and allegiance from the Harkonnen, you know, by going through that duel uh, at the end. Uh, so I really think that, you know, people, he, he's a leader that they've crafted him as a, a leader that people want to follow, mm. not that are forced to follow. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's, that's a great aspect of it. Um, and, you know, the other, the other thing that, you know, just shouted at me is, is that, you know, this is a, this is sci-fi Islam. Um, because, you know, here we have, you know, a desert planet, you know, with people who are, who are being controlled by multiple different oppressors. Uh, they have a rare resource, you know, in spice, uh, oil, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and they call Paul the Mahdi, which the Mahdi is, uh, an Islamic term for this messianic figure that Islam awaits as well, that Jesus will ultimately, uh, you know, in Islam, they believe that Jesus will ultimately uh, bow the knee to the Mahdi. Uh, so this Mahdi is the, you know, end times figure that will unite the world in Islam. Uh, so it's very interesting, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, this is just this is the story of uh, the Arabic people and the struggle of, of Islam and seeing their, their, uh, their future, you know, consummation uh, happen. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and kind of with that, it, it, the book was incredibly inspired by, um, by the Middle East and by Islamic culture. And even like, so you don't see it quite as like it, you don't see it quite as strongly in the movie, I think, but like part of what happens, part of what makes Paul significant is that he becomes so he has like such a keen mind with the spice exacerbating it. He start he gains the ability to essentially see into the future. Mm. Um, and he sees like, we see like a battle that he's a part of um, in the book. It describes it as like, he's seeing into the future and it's like what's happening there is likely going to catap like catapult the, the galaxy into this like war in his name. And the word that the book actually uses is jihad. Um, really? So, right. Yeah. So like it wears its influence very much on its sleeve. And even they, to some extent, toned it down in the movie. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I can understand why they would maybe be like, uh, 2021 blockbuster movie in America? We're probably not going to say Jihad. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I don't, you know, just to clarify, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing yeah. that it, you know, is representing Islam. I think it's very interesting, you mm-hmm. know, uh, actually, uh, because, you know, why, why can't it, you know? Uh, yeah. But I think it's interesting. We should have our eyes open going into it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what makes it also resonate is like people want that messianic figure, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's why people are so drawn to, you know, superhero movies, you know, mm. but we want that superhero uh, who's going to make everything right. And that's the, that's the draw that Paul has. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I say something about yeah, kind of please, the, please, the please, yeah. yeah. So, so again, and, and I won't get, you know, for those of us who hope to see Dune chapter two, but mm-hmm. it, be, uh, you know, later on, it comes very apparent through the book and, and we got to it to some extent in the movie that, the, the, the legend on Arrakis of the Lizan al-Gaib was something that was manufactured, um, was something that was created by these space nuns with hypnotism powers um, mm. that was planted, that they created and built up that legend. But ultimately, they did it for their own purposes because they wanted to use him for their own political gain, for their own agenda. And I think that there is something that kind of, but ultimately in, in this story, like Paul becomes a Messiah. They tried to make a Messiah that they could use, but ultimately Paul comes as a Messiah that they never expected. Mm-hmm. And as a Messiah, that's far different than the one that they wanted and something that they weren't prepared to reckon with. Um, and I think that there's definitely something that really resounds in the biblical story in there mm-hmm. of us trying to fit the Messiah to what we want um ultimately the true messiah the real messiah is never going to come as the one that we expected him to be yeah Um, right and that was that was in the uh, immediate context Mm -hmm. in which jesus was born into where there was the desire of one who would overthrow the roman oppression you know that the king would come um and 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 liberate uh the people and Mm -hmm. he didn't come like that Uh, but i think we still have that tendency within us as well to Mm -hmm. Uh, almost to recreate Jesus into what we want him to be. We want him yeah. to be this Jesus of all love and no condemnation, no damnation, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We want him to, you know, whatever it is, we, we have tendencies to, um, to, to elevate certain qualities of Jesus, to diminish other qualities, rather than to take the fullness of who he is in the biblical story and uh and to and to submit to that we mm. yeah we certainly have a tendency for that and, and it's also i think that there's a strong connection to that like ultimately paul ends up ruling over these benny jesuit who tried to create him you know these these women this women order of space nuns um tried to elevate themselves to essentially like a a, a god position um and i think that there is something true in that that's like when we try to do that when humans try to do that we build our own undoing we build our own mm. forms of oppression. We build the thing that will rule over us, you know, as it, as it did with them, that they yeah. tried to create a Messiah that they could use. And then that came around and pushed them down in a way that they never expected and never saw coming, you know, and when we try to elevate ourselves to the position of God, to the position of, of trying to say, this is how the universe ought to be. 
this is how the cosmos ought to be ordered. You know, that's oftentimes when we get into a position where we're, we're making our, we're making our own bed to lie in at that point. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. That's good. Do you think, you know, a question, you know, I'm interested to see is, and, and Jed, maybe, you know, more, you know, having read the book, do you think that he wrote this, uh, as, sympathetic to islam or as a uh or as a critique or or um, neither and it was just a story based upon using islam as a as a framework yeah i think he was definitely because i don't because he's not because i don't believe frank herbert's a, a believer or, or particularly religious um I think ultimately it's meant to be a critique of messianic stories to some extent. Like obviously, you know, by being a critique of messianic stories, he has to tell a messianic story and we all find right. like we want right. messianic stories because of a desire of a savior. Um, but I think he was trying to be more like deconstructionist, deconstructing the messianic model. Um, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think- and and in doing so, represented Christianity's uh, mm-hmm. Messiah. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, and I think to some extent, I think it might, like, I don't know what started first. It could just be that he's like, Sand Planet, Dune. Like, maybe he started with the title. It was like, Dune, Sand Planet. Right. Who lives in the sands? Muslims. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I don't know. It could have been the other way around. Uh, yeah. Maybe Frank yeah. Herbert just really was fascinated by Islamic culture. Because um, certainly at that point in the 1960s, they wouldn't have had the taboo that they have had from like the 1990s through the early 2000s. Right, right, right. All right, final question for you both. And then I got to roll. Scale of one to 10, where are you placing this on an overall movie recommendation? 10, you should stop everything you're doing right now, (laughs) listener, and go watch it right now. Subscribe to HBO now if you need (laughs) for one month to watch it i'm not saying that i did that that's what we did <laughs> that's exactly what i did too <laughs> while you're there i don't know watch it i've watched the godzilla movies or something they're on there yeah, too. yeah. yeah. um or, uh, or the remake of um um oh goodness why can't i think of it just uh uh the remake of the musical um oh, west side oh, story west side story yeah there it is watch that as well yeah sure right. all right so one to ten where are you guys ranking this um i believe it is a very good eight and a half Ooh, that's strong um yeah. incredible production a, a solid story performance some of the performances fell flat for me okay not jason momoa or should i say no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> mr idaho okay no, yeah certainly not right. definitely right. in the definitely in the the <laughs> timothy chalamet department i was just kind of like you're you're doing okay oh yeah. right Right. Nick, how about you? I was uh, I was going to say eight. Uh, I, I think it was, you know, and of course you're trying to stay true to the source material. So I did think it was a bit slow in some parts, um, but you know you need to tell the story. So I, I can appreciate that. So those who want, you know, just all action, you know, you need to be able to, uh, you know, 
uh, endure some world building and some character development, which which I appreciate. So yeah. I would put it up there with uh, at an eight. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact with the original movie back in the 80s, moviegoers going into the theater, some theaters handed out world building pamphlets to them uh, as they entered the theater because the original was so incomprehensible because of world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also the inciting in- incident of the assault on the palace in the movie, one third of the way into the book. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So I, I listened to it on audiobook. It was about 21 hours long audiobook and at seven and a half hours in that's when that's when the assault on the palace happened fascinating (laughs) well i think uh listeners know what they need to go do right now they need to log off they need to uh go watch this movie and then they need to uh send in uh to our liquid emails or in person a um a solid thank you to us for recommending this movie (laughs) and helping them to understand this movie and uh some of the depths of it and so, uh, fellas, we did good work. Um, I applaud you both for being um, uh, experts in movie critique and discernment and world religions. Boy, our, uh, our reach is vast here. So <laughs> next week, hopefully we'll have Slofer back on with us. And uh, until next time, everyone, blessings. Blessings.